Songwriter, got a doctorate at Berkeley and another one at UMass Boston. A poet, a painter, a drug addict, and a person who learns something new on a daily basis from the Malibu home for the recently all right to having dinner with Sheikh Neon in Abu Dhabi. And now, an author? You gotta be kidding. Romantic, semantics, exotic, neurotic, you got it. Does the noise in my head bother you? Yet? Yeah, really? I'd say we're off to a good start. S.T. Chapter 1. Peripheral Visionary I was born at the Polyclinic Hospital in the Bronx, March 26, 1948. As soon as I could travel, my parents headed straight out of town to Sunapee, New Hampshire, to the little housekeeping cottages they rented out every summer, kind of old-fashioned bed-and-breakfast deal, only it was 1950. I was put in a crib at the side of the house. A fox came by and thought I was a cub, grabbed me by the scruff of my diaper, and dragged me into the woods. I grew up with the animals and the children of the woods. I heard so much in the silence of the pine tree forests that I knew later in life I would have to fill that void. The only thing my parents knew was that I was out there somewhere. They heard me cry in the forest one night, but when they came up to where I was, all they saw was a big hole in the ground, which they thought was the fox's den. They dug and dug and dug, but all they found was the rabbit hole I'd fallen into. Like Alice. And like Alice, I entered another dimension. The sixth dimension. The fifth dimension was already taken. Since then... I can go to that place any time I want because I know the secret of the children of the woods. There's so much in silence when you know what you're hearing. What dances between the psychoacoustics of any two notes and what reads between the lines is akin to the juxtaposition of what you see when you look in the mirror. My whole life has been dancing between these worlds. The gone zone, the way out of sphere, and the unfortunate state of reality. In essence, I call myself a peripheral visionary. I hear what people don't say, and I see what's invisible. At night, because our visual perception is made up of rods and cones, if you're going down a dark path, the only way to really see the path is to look off and see it in your peripheral vision. But more on this as we progress, regress, and digress. When I finally got pulled out of the rabbit hole, my parents brought me back to the third dimension. Like all parents, they were concerned, but I was afraid to tell them that I have never felt more comfortable than being lost in that forest. In Manhattan, we lived at 124th Street and Broadway, not far from the Apollo Theater. Harlem, man, if the first three years of your life are the most informative, then surely I needed to hear that music, and I was inspired by the noise coming out of that theater. It had more soul than St. Peter. A few years ago, I was back at the Apollo and saw the park where my mom had pushed me in my carriage. My first visual memory is from that park. Trees and clouds moving above my head as if I were floating above the earth. There I am, a two-year-old astral-projecting infant. At age four, I remember going to get a gallon of milk with two quarters, walking with my mom hand-in-hand through passages and corridors of the basement of our building and through tunnels into the adjoining building where the milk machine was, I thought I was, God knows where, I might as well have been on Mars. 
Ah, it was a mysterious world of childhood, where someone is always leading you by the hand through a dark passageway and into a brand new world just waiting for the child's overactive imagination to kick in. My mother lit the fire that would keep me warm for the rest of my life. She read me parables, Aesop's fables, and Rudyard Kipling's just-so stories every night before my sister Linda and I went to bed. Children's tales and nursery rhymes from the 1800s, 1900s, Hickory Dickory Dock, Andrew Lang's The Nursery Rhyme Book, Hans Christian Andersen, Helen Bonnerman's Little Black Sambo, so great, never mind the goose that laid the golden egg. My mom would read me all these stories every night at bedtime, but one night, when I was around six, she stopped. You gotta learn how to read them yourself, she said. Up until then, I'd been reading along with her as she pointed to the words.